Welcome back to Talking Baseball. Jeff Passan says that there will be baseball in 2020. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball, a little midweek episode. Myself, Jake, Trev, producer BBD in the corner. Excited to talk about this passing article. We have Puig rumors. We have some sad news. We got some fun tidbits, maybe. Talking baseball. And this episode is brought to you by a couple really special people. Adrian Cosa or Cosa. I'm going to go with Cosa. Taylor Brown. I'm going to go with Taylor Brown on that one. Sam Hogg. Two G's. So, Hogg. Dylan C. DeBaca. Is that like uh, making me say something? C. DeBaca? I don't know. And Brian Coser. Kosar. Those are our most recent Patreon supporters. We appreciate them very much helping out and uh, keeping us afloat here. They get to watch live if they want to. We have Quentin Hubner in the chat. He says, hola, and uh, let's get going. Jake, how are you doing? Man, boys, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, battling through back pain uh, still. I uh, This is now the third time that you... And BBD will hear this announced and some of our listeners. Uh, but this might be Trevor's first time finding out that I am on the juice. I'm I'm Royden. Uh, I started taking some steroids this weekend for the back. Um, they were having a good effect. Now it's starting to wear off a little bit. So I'm starting to get scared about the back again. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. I know potential MLB season, but I'm not sure what it means for my eligibility. Um, you know, I think it'll depend how things kind of sort themselves out with the players' union uh, and what they lay out for this year. But uh, I had to do it. It was the best decision for me and my family, and uh, we're just taking it one day at a time over here. So thank you. Wow, huge news, Trev. Do you have a response? Do you have news of your own? Uh, no real news. I feel like this was a road that we were going to travel down eventually with you. So now I'm thinking I was just offering my um, support for you. And now I'm starting to think maybe this is all kind of made up. And now you just have an excuse to get super jacked. Yeah. So count on that. That will happen. I dig it. Yeah. Trev, you have any ailments? Because my right eye, I can't, is uh, not functioning today. It's really hurt. So do you have any ailments? I'm feeling pretty good right now. I got a little sunburned yesterday. Oh, yeah. You went to the beach. I went to the beach. Proper social distancing. The beach was open. I wasn't breaking laws. Uh, my, my kids haven't left our neighborhood in six weeks nice yeah six weeks these kids haven't left the i mean we've driven i don't feel bad for him am i allowed to say that yeah not at all they have a playground a pool grass a backyard tell your kids i haven't left my apartment or the two by two two block by two block area in six weeks let me know how they let me know if they feel bad for me (laughs) i'm just (laughs) i'm gonna go tell teddy that you don't feel bad for him to suck it up Damn. Don't tell them. But that's crazy. Do they have kids in the neighborhood to play with? Oh, that's not allowed. I'm guessing that's not allowed. Yeah, we're not doing it. Like, you know, we're doing the things like the drive-by birthday hellos. And um, we see people on walks, I guess. But you still, you know, you don't. We're we're doing our part here. I promise you that. Maybe too much. But um, it was a fun day yesterday. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, all right, so we have a huge article here from Jeff Passan, friend of the program, uh, one of our dear, dear, good friends, always texting us, telling us how much he likes us. Basically, I don't know if you read this article, Trev. It was 
half of a novel. Very long. And also, if you've listened to this show, Talking Baseball, you probably you knew 80% of it already because he's just deal t- detailing the strategies, the Arizona plan, the three-hub plan, the half-a-season plan, and then figure out where we're at from there. And, and a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. There are some new details that we haven't discussed that I want to get into because I thought they're actually really well uh, well thought out and I liked them. But just like as general like recap, the best case scenario, according to Passon and a bunch of people within baseball, is that you get the 80 to 100 games and it feels like a real season and teams play uh, other teams enough and then you have the playoffs in a neutral site. So that's like, Best best case scenario that they still think is possible. Worst case scenario is something we've mentioned on here, doing a round-robin tournament tournament for tournament. Tournament is East Coast. Tournament is West Coast. Anyway, doing a round-robin uh, tournament for uh, like a World Cup-style thing, which would be the quote in the article from one MLB executive was, give, give us 60 days and we'll put on a show. And still, the big looming issue is money. And there's not much, there's a, a, a kind of a solution that Passon wrote, but the, the still looming issue is they're not just prorating the contracts, they're actually cutting in half the prorated contracts. So the easy math there is, say you're set to make $10 million this year, uh, they only play 82 games, prorate it, you're at $5 million await. Now there's no revenue from TV, so you're going to have to cut that in half or near half again. Now you're only making $2.5 million when you're supposed to be making 10 or at least 5 And will players do that for lesser circumstances and care and put their body through kind of a, a blitz for a fraction of what they supposedly are worth? We've covered all of that on this show a ton. So that's basically what passing does. It's a great article for anyone that needed to catch me up. Did you have any takeaways from this, Trev? Or any anything that, uh, like, uh, I don't know, you looked at and were like, oh, that. Well, first I want to say that Jeff is not a friend of mine because oh. I don't ever get texts from Jeff. So wow, I want him to know that we, we should be friends, Jeff, you and I, because we, I think we would do some good work together. But uh, in saying that, I think you need to know that Jimmy also doesn't get texts from Jeff. So yeah. your guys are on the same planes. So. Yeah, yeah. Is it just you? Uh, no, no, there's no text. No there's text. no text. text. Oh, we're yeah, just joking. He was <laughs> nice to us at winter meetings. Uh, we DM. It's we whatever. DM. He's very you nice. You know what? He seems like a nice guy. But, you know, yeah, we, we've talked about all this stuff. And so, you know, these a lot of this is just rumors and speculation. I think a guy like Jeff who works at a place like ESPN tries to – Wait. I mean, that's kind of what you've told me. He likes to wait and try to get some confirmation, some two or three stuff like that. But um, we've talked about a lot of this. I don't think anything really jumps out to me. He outlines, you know, kind of how he would want to do a tournament. And I just know that's not going to happen. Like there's going to be no tournament style uh, baseball. And the reason for that is, the players and the owners want to play as many games as possible, and a, a tournament doesn't suit that. So they, I think that's out the window. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think there's a, a chance of that at all. I'm still going to stick with my July, early July start date, and I'm still going to stick to the 80 to 100 games. I think they're going to be able to do it. Okay. Just a quick counter on that before I throw it to Jake. The I can't stick to that because it's just who I am as a person like that in the article, they say is still best, best case. So if I get myself excited for that, it seems like a fool's errand to me to get excited for the best, best case. Like I always try to, okay, what's two steps down from that. I'll pencil that in. And then if there's good news, I'll be excited. Or if it's that I'll be still excited. But so just for me, like I can't ever be like, all right, that's what's going to happen. Cause it's what still do you, best. What do you best. think? I get they say that, but why? What do you think would change? And like, the, why gov- do you think that- the government would be like, eh, can't do this, or one dude's going to get test positive, and then the whole thing's put on pause, and uh, or the players don't come to agree. I don't know. There's a lot of obstacles. If there weren't yeah. a ton of obstacles, that would be 
worst case scenario, but it's best well, case scenario. And and I think what it is is you're right. I mean, this still goes back to everything is out of our hands with the corona. Everyone's talking about that there's going to be a second wave when people start doing things, and what does that look like? Um, so yeah, I think all, all the stuff out of our hands is the Corona and government stuff. And I mean, that, that stuff just is what it is. I mean, there's not really much we can comment on it. That's, that's going to dictate it. But, uh, I, I do think what, what Trevor said there and is something that I I've kind of been saying about the, the tournament format is again, I just think you got the, the big money guys like that, that executive saying, give us 60 days for, and we'll give you fireworks. Like that's a nightmare. Um, like, I, if I'm Garrett Cole, I'm not getting the cannon loose for a 60-day exhibition tournament for the Cup. And I know something that me and James have talked about a little bit is that, you know, if if they do this, the, the part that scared me off at first is that MLB is still going to try to sell this as, you know, your, your 2020 World Series winner, which is just a sports fan nightmare. Um, whether, whether they do Passan's World Cup format he made up or something else, People just aren't going to accept that. And I, I think that's just the, you know, Jim, you said if they should just call it something else and you're right, but I don't think they would. I think they'd try to dance around that. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think funny, I don't know, around all of this of, of time not moving and time moving still crazy fast at the same time is it's still April. It's the end of April. It's, it, you know, there was no scenario when we sunk our teeth into this that it was like baseball is going to be played in a couple weeks. Um, and, and like Jim said, this article is really good. Um, if you know, if you've got a relative that's been asking you when's baseball coming back, you know, send them that article. It, it lays kind of everything out there. If you've been listening to talking baseball, Commissioner Plouffe and John Boy, you already knew a lot of this. Uh, the big thing that came out was that they said they're going to play baseball, which. Again, uh, as the optimist that's been on this podcast, I don't necessarily love that because you're just putting your neck out there for no reason. Um, and I, I guess it's a good time for baseball to snag some headlines after the NFL and NBA had a pretty good weekend with the draft and the MJ doc. But uh, I, I don't think it was needed to put out there. I love with the city's plan, uh, the multiple cities, because I just think instead of having one biodome, if we have three, four, five biodomes. That starts to make a lot more sense people-wise and games-wise. How it pivots off of that uh, is interesting. But yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a good sign. And and yeah, that's my, my big thing that a, against the tournament style is I just see players fighting back against that because why would they? Why would, why would Mike Trout put himself out there? Why would any of the big arms in baseball put themselves through that and then are we putting little league rules like if you throw 70 pitches this day you can't pitch for four more days I, I i don't know i just think if we start getting into that format you start losing player buy-in the product looks worse and the whole idea is to get the product out there in front of people when baseball could kind of steal the show and help bring the country back instead if we're putting out and nobody cares it's a terrible look yeah, it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with everything because that would Trev, what we were trying to say is so if I'm skeptical on the 80 to 100 games, right? And I'm, the only reason I'm skeptical because that's the best case scenario. So I'm just never going to buy into best case scenario situation. Um, and then Jake's skeptical and we're both kind of skeptical on the, the the tournament and you are too, because we're saying, why would players do that? What's the middle ground? That's what Jake and I were really having struggle. We're struggling to figure out like, what could the middle ground be? And Passan didn't even really say. Yeah. I, I really think that it's just going to come down to like when they can start, they both sides are just incentivized to play as many games as possible. Yeah. Just so I think that's kind of going to be that. And then like you're saying, like everyone's talking about, 2020 you've already said that you think this is tainted no matter what it's not a legitimate championship Who, so, if they can get 80 games in i'll allow it but you know that you're gonna have millions of fans saying that title wasn't real me, me and jim did this on talking yanks a little bit we said hey if we do have 80 games 90 games 75 games whatever it is if we're gonna do that all the fans need to agree that you beforehand. can't pull that out of the back pocket yeah. If Nolan Arenado 
bats 393 and wins the MVP, you know, you can't be mad about that. Like we, we know what we're getting into. We're all playing by the same rules, handshake before the season. Yeah. The, 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 the fans have to do it. Yeah. We have to just say, look, 2020, let's just talk about it. Like it's a regular season. I I, mean, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, what does it matter? Like 162 or a hundred, like, I get, I get it that that's a third of the season gone, but we always talk about how long the baseball season is anyway. But Trev, it's not just 80 games. It's 80 games against new division opponents, new scheduling, no travel, uh, double headers every other day, you know, which might completely change your pitching rotation. 30 guys on the, it's, it's not just a shortened season. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so the first year that they had a DH, does that like not count either? Like there are changes in baseball all the time. So I'm just saying that I think you can't expect people to not be like, this isn't what real baseball is. You're and, just, and what these I'll, numbers don't count. Yeah. What what I'll say is that I, I I feel a little bit of that emotion depending how we do it. And I think BBD noted this yesterday is that if they do the three stadium thing that's been popular, if they lock those teams in there, I think it comes out to 54 games or something like that, that they would play between those teams. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. If, if you play the other nine teams in your hub, if you play each them two, three game series, that's 54 games. Where'd that so, so, I mean, if you have the teams from your divisions, uh, again, what teams go where? And that's what I, I would still need. You still need that semblance of an AL East and NL East and the divisions because, uh, again, if we, start, if we start getting wonky with the divisions, that's when I think you don't – I think that's when you don't get the handshakes. I think that's when you get fan bases going – this wasn't a real baseball season. But the schedule is already weighted anyway, so who cares? I mean, it's not – like I've been pushing for, and a lot of people have been pushing for, a balanced schedule. Like every team should play every team. That's how you get to know who the best teams are. When you're you know, in a crappy division and you play those teams more than you play the other teams, like why aren't we talking about that? Just because they're the preset divisions and that's what matters? Like – I don't I've been care talking about, about it. it. That's why the twins were fake last year. Talked all about it. So yeah, so, every episode. So 2019 not legit. For the like, twins? I, I, yes. Just for just for the season, any season because they're always <laughs> going to be there's always going to be teams that, like you're saying the 2019 twins who take advantage of a weak division. I don't I don't think it's any anything different unless we already had a balanced schedule and then we're reverting back to an unbalanced schedule then I could see the where we would say, oh, maybe it's not legit, but like we're already doing that. So it's just a different schedule. You know, it's not like it's like going from balanced to unbalanced. So I think I don't have any problem. I would, if we get, if we get a hundred games in, I'm 100% calling it a legitimate season. The only thing is totally a hundred games for sure. The only thing about this, like the shortened season that really gets me and it kind of hurts. Like when you really start to think about it, it's like, the guys who are on pace for like Hall of Fame numbers. We're talking about, and I'll just say it, Mike Trout. You know, he's he's on pace to become the best player of all time. We're like literally watching the best baseball player of all time right in front of our eyes lose a year or at least half a year of statistics, of counting stats in his prime. Like yeah, that's what hurts me. Like he's going to miss out on – 25 homers, you know, 50 RBIs that added that the war is not going to, yeah, that's also a counting stat. So he's not going to get that. It's like, yeah. that's going to, people are going to have to talk about that. When you talk about Mike Trout, I mean, we lost a year in his prime. It's like the Ted Williams thing. That's what I was just going like, to say. It's like Ted Williams. So it's, this is uh it affects so, so much. I mean, I know we touch on this all the time, but like it, the, the, the ripple effect of this is, is crazy. But if we're just well, talking about schedule, I don't care about that at all. Well, we're all in agreement that 80 to 100 games, we would consider it a real season with the World Series winner. It's the round-robin thing that they better rebrand that to not a World Series, but I don't. Th- Jake and I don't think they will. And then you have a big public like, well... Uh. Anyway, the interesting thing that I thought Passon wrote in his article was a workaround with players about the less money. And I'm very interested to see what you think about this, Trev, as an ex-player who likes money. Passon said... All the guys 
that are on minimum wage or, you know, contracts or they're in arbitration years, uh, still uh, service time, whatever, they get 100% what they're worth via, like, you know, prorate it and then 100%. Everyone that has big contracts to their name or you find a cutoff. I don't know if it's a monetary cutoff or a service time and free agent cutoff or whatever. Um, But anyone that's on the higher end of the spectrum, the guys that make big monies, you defer the payments. You say, hey, right now, we can only pay you, you know, half of your prorated half, the 2.5 out of 10. But in the next, over the next 10 years, we will make sure that it gets up to what your contract is worth and we get you to the prorated correct amount, the 5 million. That I thought, because we've been knocking our heads around thinking how you get around this problem. So passing offered that, in my brain, on the surface, that seems like it could work. Would guys with big money do that, Trev? Do you think that's a viable option? I think they'd do that in a heartbeat. I think that um, the, the main thing the players don't want to happen is to set a precedent. Because clearly things are going to change going forward. And if a team in a certain city, maybe there's a, a local pandemic. Is that such a thing? Sure. You know, sure. So, yeah, so maybe something happens in that particular city and they say, hey, we can't have fans for, for four months of the season. Now, the press, if the president says we're going to take a huge pay cut, you know, that's going to continue on into the future. So they don't want to set that precedent. So I think if you said, hey, like, we're going to pay you full, you know, the prorated games, like if any games you play, we're going to pay you in full. Like we'll just have to defer the money. I think guys would say, sure. Because right now, if you look at the numbers, I mean, he mentions them in this article, it's 170 million guaranteed across the league when the league's payroll is 4 billion. That's a, it's a big difference right there. So like that is something, you know, when you're talking about like legality and moving forward with an agreement, they just don't want to set that precedent. So I think if you said, yes, we'll pay you prorated full amount. We'll just have to defer it. Guys like, no problem. I can I can handle that. And okay. and I cool. think the money is the money's going to be the last hurdle, right? Like if if the government clears everything, the Rona gets better, they get a system in place. Um, you know, they've got some sort of semblance of a scheduling thing that's going to be the sign off point is the queso. And uh, I've kind of been the cooler heads will prevail in this. Um, there's a lot of businessmen and a lot of people who want to get paid. Uh, and passing kind of, <laughs> I think it was Jimmy's eyes kind of jumped to the money in the article and he's like, Oh, passing said they don't have a plan yet. All right. <laughs> let me, let me know when they do. And it's true. I mean, they, they don't have one yet. I, I'm still of the ilk that ilk. Oh my God. That, is that a word? I don't, it kind of is. I don't think it's right there. Um, that these owners, if you own a baseball team, you're a good businessman at some, some business person at some point in your life. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about some local TV contracts and some national TV contracts potentially. And, uh, I think what is interesting though, cause I, I said this yesterday was that, you know, if, if the money isn't going to even out with new contracts or however they do it, I was saying that, you know, that, that $10 million player example we used 81 games, they get 5 million. Um, you know, the revenue's not there, but they can get it up to, you know, 80% of that, I think players would still be uh, willing to play for $4 million. But I think it's interesting that you said they don't want to set that precedent of taking less money because you're right, that is a slippery slope. Um, so so after all of that, I mean, are, are you in the camp of that the money, if we get through everything else, the money will figure itself out or it needs to be kind of more addressed in the nose? Well, it'll figure itself out. But I... It, um... So the players are okay with doing the prorated. Like they understand that that makes sense because, you know, the teams have to pay back their TV contracts if they don't fulfill the right amount of games. So the players are okay with taking prorated. But when it's but when it's a prorated salary, so you play 80 games, so it's half you get paid half already. And then the owners are saying, well, there's no fans, so our revenue's cut. So now we're also gonna have to take off a percentage of that. That's what they don't want to do. They're okay with saying, we understand we're only playing half the game, so we'll only get paid half. That makes sense. But the precedent they don't want to set is 
if there's no fans in the stands, which who knows, this could be a thing that happens every couple of years. You don't know what's going to happen. So you don't want to set that precedent where it's like, if there's no fans in the stands, you're going to make 10% of the prorated amount of games or 10% of your contract. They just don't want to start that. So I think that's kind of, we need to clear that up. Um, but I do think like the money will figure itself out. And I do on that note, if you want to segue into just a little tidbit that I got, Oh, Cali Trev. Is that Pearl Jam? First tidbit. I think that was Sublime. So here's my tidbit. And it's, it's, uh, thank you. It's a new old tidbit. Ooh, Jake's favorite kind. We're going to revisit some of the things we've talked about. So uh, I think it was last week we talked about, you know, how the players and the owners came to an agreement saying, if we do play games, we're going to go ahead and pay you a prorated amount. And then they came back and said, well, maybe we're thinking we might take some of that off because we're not going to be able to play with fans in the stands. Back and forth, players were saying, well, no, we, we negotiated that contract in good faith that you are going to pay us a full amount for the amount of games we play. And we were like, how does that, slip by you how does that yeah. slip by how does that language slip by you players association how does that happen and we we're like i don't think that happened like da, 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 da. i got a tidbit that that is exactly what happened they negotiated that contract they 100 percent believed that mlb no matter what was going to be just prorating the games and contracts and there wasn't even a thought about if there's no fans in the stands, they're going to cut the salaries even more. So this was apparently uh, just a an oversight from oh. the players' association, which is really tough to to take in. Yeah, if that's true, we did this already, so I won't go too hard on it. But if MLB comes back and says, "No, no, 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 no," check the fine print, hands over like a magnifying glass, and it says like. We don't have to pay you the full rate. We can drop it if, and Tony Clark and the players union just missed it, which is your tidbit. That's what's saying your tidbit says happened. I mean, just an awful look for the players. It's not association. Good. Just an awful, almost like, like. Do you remember us talking about like that, that kind of happened really quickly? Like that doesn't make sense. Like they kind of came to that agreement rather we, yeah, we swiftly. Were, yeah. And bad. turns out maybe the owner side was just playing a little bit of uh, look over here. We're going to do something on the other side. Though. So, you know, I think that happens a lot. It just know, seems and- like 30 billionaires when they pull their money together for lawyer fees and shit. Going to be hard to beat them. Uh, <laughs> players union needs to fucking figure out how to like not be David and then be Goliath all the time. Uh, it is that way. There's and just the yeah. sheer amount of people that one side has working for them and the other side doesn't have working for them. That's a that's a disadvantage right there. I mean, so it's 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 unfortunate that this is kind of what happened. I don't know how it's going to resolve itself, but that's um, it's a big big oversight. Wasn't wasn't that addressed in Passon's article a little bit? Um, and again, I don't think there was a clarification, but I think it was from the player side and they were saying like, no, we're no. But well, again, th- we didn't know if that was a, a, an official statement or like we just got fucked. I mean, I believe I read that part because I skipped to the money of Passon's article because it's still the biggest hurdle, not just the last hurdle for me. I still think it's the biggest hurdle. Um, well, that's unfair to say, Jimmy. The pandemic's the biggest hurdle. Once they get past the pandemic, the money's the biggest hurdle. Um, but I think what Passon wrote was that the players just straight up don't believe the owners will lose money 
what by losing fans in the crowd. Like the players union is like, that's not true. You're not going to lose money. Pay us. Where the owners are like, oh, check our calculators, dude. We're going to lose 30% of our revenue, blah, blah. So you get 30% less pay. And that was like, so when I read Patson's article, I was like, okay, so we're nowhere with that. But I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't I don't know how you calculate that because obviously it's different team by team, how much revenue is brought in by the fans. You know, you really can't say that the Tampa Bay Rays are going to lose 30% of their revenue because there's no fans because there's no chance that their fans make up 30% of their revenue. So maybe a team like the Red Sox, that's true, which I don't think it is, but no, you could say a team that sells like, out. It's teams like the Padres who just spent a ton of money, teams like the Brewers who just spent a ton of money, the Reds probably fall in here where their TV deals are probably, I mean, you can say for certainly not the same as the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, um, but their payrolls are pretty high for this year because they went all in. I just don't know how much revenue fans bring in. Say, say it's a, say it's, uh, I don't know. Well, we heard for, we heard a million bucks a game. Uh, just use that as a round number. Is that a lot? I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, that's 80 million. The, the original number that was thrown out in the public was 30%. And then we heard from someone that it's higher for certain teams that we're talking about. What's a we'll million? I promise you that we'll never know the real answer to that question. What's a, how, what's the average attendance of a baseball game? Probably 28, 29,000. 28,000. 28, Good job, Trev. 30, wow. Thank you. Damn. So what's 1 million divided by 28? Oh, boy. Not a math I like this. Pod. Not a math pub. We're trying. Thirty-five bucks. So if everyone that attends spends thirty-five bucks, bucks, they get a million dollars a game. That sounds so, right. That sounds right. After tickets and concessions, I would say that sounds right. Conservative. Well, I think the it's average. Low. That's really low. I would say the average person spends like a hundred bucks at a game. We're talking concessions, mm. tickets. You're thinking Yankees and Red Sox. I mean, yeah. I, I could go to a Rockies game for four bucks. Yeah, I think yeah, eleven. I would say thirty-five is a good guess. Per, let's say it's let's say it's fifty. I mean, you guys got to remember sweets. Low. I think I think I think fifty is the number. I think All right, 50, let's do fifty. So the average attendance is twenty-eight thousand times fifty. That's one point four million a game, and we're talking about eighty-one games. Times it by 81. That is $114 million for one team. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Start selling ads. Yeah, but this is what I'm always going to say. It's also not like pure. That. I mean, you have to pay the people, the parking attendants, the people serving the beer. Exactly. Uh, people. So it's, it's not clean revenue, but. Okay. $100 million. Well, take away 14. That's how much it costs to pay all the people. This is what we never talk about, though. It's a three-hour job. It's the franchise value. They never bring that up in any of these revenue-tied discussions. It's like your franchise value is, I don't know what it goes up every year. It's a lot. It's a lot. Five years ago, you know, then you go in 2016, you look at what a team is worth in 2020, you look at it, what a team is worth, and it's gone up drastically. I don't even care about what's going on in the economy. It's just it's just kind of how it is. So you have to always take that into consideration. They never mention that in any financial talks. So there's the money thing is a little bit over our head. I gotta say, like we don't know all that's going on. We just did perfect will. math. That, that math was good, and it's, it's, it's eye-opening to, to think about that. Yeah, I, I think it is about a million right. dollars a game. Numbers were right, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, let's transition out of this. There's a couple other topics baseball gave us. Are you guys good to, good to transition? Yes. I'll play the, I'll play the Puig song. Yasio Puig. Rumored to go to San Francisco. Sensual. Well, that's Puig. He's the most sexual player in the history of Major League Baseball. Okay. Uh, Jake, are you happy with Puig if he goes to San Francisco? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think base that'll embrace him. It's a fun team. And I mean, it's 
it's almost a lock to be a deadline trade, whatever the deadline train trade <laughs> deadline looks like. Um, but yeah, I mean, Puig, you know, you, you and I were, I, I think our sign off line for a couple episodes was like, don't let Puig go to Japan. Um, cause he'd, he'd be a star over there. He'd have a blast. He'd probably actually, rate. I kind of changed it. Send him to the CPBL right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, turn, turn it up to 10 in the CPPL, but, uh, yeah, Imagine, man. Imagine, dude. Get, get get Puig some ABs. Is he a good player? Like, I I don't know his numbers. I know he's a I know he's a good player. I mean, excuse me, but like, what are like how good is he? He's dude, solid. All I know is I'm he, people hate him. Like, if I post a video about Puig, there's so many comments that just like straight up hate the dude. And unless I'm forgetting storylines. I don't get it. Like, I understand that he is a lightning rod and all this. Oh, he's a really good player. Yeah, he's really, he's, his numbers are good, Trev. But uh, people, like, hate him, dude, and I don't get it. Like, yeah, really His good. story's amazing. He does so much for charity. <laughs> um, held hostage for, like, three months. Came over at, like, 19 and became a sensation. And I, th- I know he had some trouble where, like, he was late to practices and Don Manley didn't get along with him and stuff like that, but... I don't know. I, I mean, mean career is, OPS of 122, OPS plus, excuse me, 823 regular OPS. I mean. He's fun. Jake likes to say a he's class, a threat. 19 it's, war. It's classic case of he set the bar too high early. He came in hot. We thought he was going to be one of the next great players in baseball. I mean, a 22-year-old Puig hit 319 with a th- 391 on base, five OPS with 19 homers in 104 games. Uh, he finished second in the rookie year that year, 22 years old in LA. I mean, we thought this kid was the future. He comes back the next year. He's good, not great. And then things start to fall off. As Jimmy mentioned, I think there was some problems within the organization a little bit. You remember he got sent down for a little while. And I think, uh, their minor league team is Oklahoma city. And he was like partying down there. And everyone's like, Puig, we just, we, just sent you down to not do this. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's it's all been way overblown. And, uh, I mean, he's a really nice split-proof corner outfielder because that was that was the first thing that jumped out to us because we were saying, you know, how, how do you not sign Puig to have him as the, you know, your platoon versus lefty guys? But his, his numbers versus righty, I think, are even slightly better. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I hope this guy, yeah, his OPS versus righty – is almost 60. Uh, I don't know. I'm glad he's in Major League Baseball because you run the threat with a guy like that of almost a Marbury effect. How about that reference, PVD? Is that okay. like I could see Puig? I could see Puig going to Japan and being the star of stars here. And he says, "You know what? Screw it." Oh yeah, easily. Like, they, see that. You, we want to treat me the way I. Sh- <laughs> I'm going to stop you right What's now. That? I'll tell you why it's not going to happen. Do you know how much they practice and like how much they work in Japan? Like <laughs> it ain't like he, like as he's a great player, but he belongs in the States because it's more lax and he can just be himself. I don't think that unless they completely change the rules for Puig and say, just kind of do you buddy. There's too much practice over there for him. I think he'll be miserable. Wow. Dude, his numbers are good. Like, like last year he had a little bit of a down year. Uh, he got traded halfway through and all that. But in 2018, he had a 120 OPS plus with an 820 OPS. Like, I mean, yeah. compare him to Mike Trout and in the top, top tier, that's bad. But compare him to the other players, you know, top nine he's players. He's above average. He's Great. above average. He's 20. He's, yeah, he's good. Like, uh, people give him so much hate because he set the bar so high as rookie year. Read his story. Find out about him. He's fucking... It's also like just one of the more fun dudes to watch. Yeah, people don't like that, Jim. People don't like fun and they don't like guys being different, you know. Yeah, I know. It's a problem. So if you are like a Puig hater, you kind of out yourself as uh the R word. Uh oh, oh. Yeah, a little bit, I think, but also I think so too. A fun hater. Like you're just you're not fun. You out yourself as someone I don't want to be around. Yeah, you cannot like Puig and still not be the R word, but you could also 
also be if you want. Um, but yeah, go go out to San Fran or go to Arizona or whatever biodome is set up. You know, play play well or just do your thing. Wait for somebody to get hurt. And man, I if he went to a playoff team in the big market, like Jim and Trevor's gonna hate this and good. But if the world happened where the Yankees needed a corner outfielder and Puig Puigged for two months and just showed off the cannon and hit a couple homers and just did his normal game, I mean, Yankee fans would be obsessed with this guy. I would love for him to be there. What do you don't 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 be talking about? I almost like dropped that, Yankee right? magic on you. I almost dropped Puig getting Ooh. that Yankee magic and getting a little boost. I love the idea of him playing with Kapler. Like, I want like a a pinup calendar with them, like doing weird stuff together. Like, I think they're just kind of like such a funny combination. I if there's I, anyone that can like kind of like get it out of Puig, it's it's Cap. I agree. I agree with Jake. I don't know Cap that well. I just uh, I laugh at him sometimes. I feel bad about it. Uh, <laughs> I agree with Jake that at first I was like, oh man, I'm glad he's not going to Japan, but San Fran. It's a boring place for him to be, but Jake, you're right. If he goes to San Fran, that means, you know, in a normal season, at least he'd be a trade piece. If he signs a one-year deal and it does what he has done, he was traded last year. And if he goes to a contending team, hell yeah. Now that's, that's what I want. I want him into the spotlight. We love seeing guys like that in the postseason in the spotlight. You know, a lot of guys you talk about, oh, they're made for that moment, and it's usually BS. But like, I feel like a guy like Puig is. He's been in that moment so much. Like, if you look at like his, I mean, he's with the Dodgers. They're in the postseason every damn year. So this is a guy that's technical postseason career too. So like, this guy's ready for that. He's he's ready for Yankee magic. Yeah. The only problem with that is is who knows if the Yankees are even going to be in the playoffs. Oh God! Why? Let me. Let me. I gotta. I gotta ask you You thinking because of the weird rotation, the weird no, like scheduling? The they're, they're damn good. But I want to ask you guys this: Is your perception of 2020 going to change if the old Yanks win the World Series? Is it going to be the most legitimate World Series ever, just because the Yankees won it? You're you. Or is it going to be like if they lose it? Like, oh, that's, that's not a real. Trev, season. Trev, first off, Jake and I have been saying that if they get 80 games in, it's a legitimate season and it's a World Series. We All three of us agree on that. If it's the round robin situation, 60 days, tournament style, that's not a World Series championship. And the handshake agreement that Jake said is that we all have to shake hands before the season starts and said the World Series winner is the World Series winner. So you don't have people flip-flopping and being assholes when their team loses. Now, does that guarantee we won't do that? No. Yes, we're gonna it does, because sh- we're clipping this. We're clipping this. <laughs> Kyle and Zach, we need you to clip this, and we're just going to have it in the back room, and we can bring it out when the season ends. We're going to say, look, this is what you said. Yeah. If we get if we get the 75 plus games, every fan has to shake b- hands and say rules are rules. If Max Kepler goes, you know, 25 homers, 450 on base, 25 steals, give him the MVP. I mean, we have to agree on that. Like it's going to be funky, it's going to be weird, we have to agree on that. Why wouldn't you give him the MVP? Like that if, uh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, well, twins, there's twins bias out there anyways. I mean, look at the more knowing, but we, we just have to agree that whatever stop, happened. Stop, stop right now. <laughs> stop. I read that. I read that stupid article. Like, let's, oh, okay, yes. let's go back to every single MVP race since yes. 1900 and go put it up for daddy. Let's go put some defensive war statistics for those guys. Cause we saw those games. And then if you want to talk about that, now you made me mad. You came oh, at my so guy. you want to you want to backdate some at my stats? Let's backdate. Let's backdate some of Jeter's old games. I love the stat cast back in '97. Hey, let's talk about the five gold gloves he won. I'm sure he deserved those. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. I've openly said he didn't. But God, we always end up here. No, I. If we play Dude, the Jason games, Kendall, and- Jason Kendall. Jason Kendall. Did we clip the gold glove clip? If we're just telling our editors to clip yeah. stuff. 
Can we go back to Jason Kendall's conversation about gold glove voting and clip that and put it out there? Because I have long said, don't drop gold gloves on me in any sort of argument. In yeah, any sort of argument, like, well, he won three gold gloves. Oh, dude, that is the most fake award that exists in sports. No one gives yeah. a fuck. And Jason Kendall said that bat boys fill it out for coaches because coaches don't give a fuck. So I'm so glad. I, I'm good. I need that clipped and I need to drop it on people because so, for some so, people, I guess they just don't understand that. They like think they're real. They're not real. They do. How, because they dude. I, I keep telling people this. It's the coolest award you can win because you fucking get to show it off every day. I know. that's That part is awesome. I wish that the voting actually was real. It's an impossible thing to vote on, man. I mean, because no one watches every game. Like, Alex Gordon wins left field because the but people... They do. They literally, they watch every game now. So, I feel, I feel the last three, four years, they're more legitimate. Wait, who's voting now? It's not the play. It's not coaches? Oh, the coaches obviously are not watching every single game, but the numbers are getting backed up by people who watch every game. So, like, if you're a coach and you don't look at the numbers, I guess then, yeah, you're right. But, like, you should Trev, look at the numbers. you think someone watches... Here we go. Are you serious I right do now? think someone watches every single game. Yes, they do. They 100% do. Even the, even the games they backlog, like, guys went and watched those games. It's ridiculous, but it's what happens. I think it would take more than a year to watch every single game. I'm going to get my calculator. Well, you don't have to watch every single game. You just have to watch the plays. So, yeah, I mean, they do it, dude. I mean, I've looked this up before. That's, I don't know who the hell does it, but somebody does it. It's 15 games. How many games are there in an MLB season? It's not one person, dude. It's like a, a gaggle. Well, that's what people. I'm saying. Nice word. That's what I'm saying. Like, not one person is like, who do I think is the best left fielder? You only saw one of them play 162 times. And then yeah, every you, other one you saw five times, maybe. Put it into statistics. But you put it into statistics. But I don't think those people, like the, the ba- I, I don't think they vote off statistics. And for the longest time, they definitely didn't. So maybe it's uh, well, getting I, I agree with that. I agree with like the coaches. Like, I mean, look, uh, even, we even get uh, the Player's Choice Award or whatever. Like, you know, you kind of have to fill this thing out. We're not players aren't in there like, okay, let's make sure we do this like perfectly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I, I don't that guy. Yeah, he's I don't really like him. So like, yeah, he had a pretty good year, but he's not even gonna be on my ballot, you know. Yeah. Like there's but gonna be bias. Alex okay, so Gordon yeah. will win a gold glove until he doesn't play baseball anymore. Dude, he's probably. really good though. I'm not he knocking really him. I'm not knocking him. I just don't think any other left fielder has a shot. It's, I mean, this this whole thing has just turned into a thing against awards. I mean, how many awards can you give out accurately if we start getting into the Academy Awards? I mean, we're going to say... The Academy Awards? That, you know, yeah, the sure, movie that won, what was the movie that won everything this year? The, the Academy Awards are just rigged, man. Like, that's straight up who pays more money. Well, see, now you're mad at every award, so I don't know. Don't compare uh, be baseball. Be happy that... No, 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 Be no, no. Be happy no. that Jeter tipped the ball boys and got his gold gloves and, and Hold keep on. it moving. You just changed everything. I, Silver Slugger, like MVP, all those are still f- totally fine. Are they? We Defense, just talked about how it's Are they? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're saying. They're not. Defensive statistics, A, all the, all the ways to count them have sucked forever and still suck today. B, you can watch every Jeter. dude's at bat so easily. To watch like every how he plays defense, that's a whole you can, game. You, you could do the exact same thing. With you defense. can get those clips the same exact way, man. Not back, Google not not balls. This is not uh, uh, when Jeter was playing. Sure, you can. That's what I'm saying. You're on my side right now, kid. Hey, gold look, gloves are hey. dumb. The rest of the awards have some legs to stand on. Gold gloves have nothing. They are. They have been dumb. I think they're getting better. Okay, but can you imagine? Because this is this has happened. Okay, can you imagine? If you're a hitter and you post a uh, 99 OPS plus, so you're below average, right? But you win the silver slugger because you hit some home runs, maybe. Is that or even possible? In the go, if you go back and look at some gold glove statistics, people that won gold gloves, and you look at their statistics, they are going to be below average fielders, and you could do that within the last five years and go look back, there's still going to be guys who finished a year with negative defensive run saves, 
their users bad, everything's bad, the range factor's bad, and they still want a gold glove. Like, can you imagine for a hitting award if you post a 98 OPS plus and you won the silver slugger? It's yeah, crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure back in the day there's a couple. There's probably some some MVPs. Like when Kirk Gibson won his MVP, he wasn't the best player at all. But that's the whole other debate of what that's is no, MVP. Yeah. But Silver Slugger's harder. Yeah. All right. Well, gold glove voting. about Justin. All right. Beautiful man. I'm, no one's ever said he's more beautiful than Jeter, but beautiful man. Jeter's pretty beautiful. Guys. They're both good-looking guys. And wood. I just, again, I like Jeter, but he gets so much love that I need to be that balance. That's all. So Jeets, I call him DJ. DJ, right? I love you, buddy, but I got to balance it out. I think you understand that. You're, you're a level-headed guy. You get it. He, he surely doesn't give a shit, but... It's true. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, man, that, that blue guy. Do you um, think he's ever thought about me, ever? <laughs> you ever play against each other? Better yeah. chance you than me. Then yeah, if he yeah, was playing he's short, for a second. yeah. If you're hitting and he's playing shortstop, wh- where's this guy hit? That counts as thinking about you, dude. More than I got, right. unless he's watched one of my videos, then he's thought about me. Since he's been done playing, do you think I've ever crossed his mind? No, no. <laughs> but don't <laughs> yes, get, don't tried. get don't get beat up about it, Trevor. <laughs> he's thought about signing you. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if your name floated across his desk back in like 16, 17. Yeah, I was pretty good back then. Not 17, but. Maybe. Yeah, cheats, man. He doesn't need my approval. Marlins never reached out to you? No, no. They were trying to get bad players. I think so. Me neither. I don't know. Um, uh, The other piece of news that I have here is that Chris Davis, uh, on the A's, no longer wants to go by Crush Davis. Says he never felt comfortable in that, and he's shedding it. And it, it's just not your call, man. Like, that is just not your call. It's not like you told people to call you Crush Davis. You hit big home runs. So I love him. I mean, <laughs> I think he can say that. If you're Chris Davis, you could do whatever you want. I don't know. I love that he is like, there's two Chris Davises and he's with a K mm-hmm. and like just turned into this absolute masher. I don't know. I love it. I love that there's two of them. And like, he's kind of like Davis, other Chris Davis falling apart was kind of big for him. Dude. That's what happened with the Agons too. I think that's why he they had to go with crush Davis because it was like, you can't just say Chris Davis. They'd be confusing. Yeah. I mean, I just think, he has 40 home run seasons in a row. Three, he has three 40 home run seasons in a row. Last year, he hits 23. It's bad timing because now you're like, hey, maybe I'm not. It sounds like a guy who's a little, a little down on himself. Like, why don't you just keep the Crush Davis moniker? Go hit 40 again. If he, if, if he had four 40 home runs in a row and then was like, you know what? I don't like it. That's fair. But it seems very reflective of a poor season which means he might be a little down on himself, which, come on, pick it back up, dude. You're Crush Davis, for God's sake. He's so strong. I'm having flashbacks. We did play together in 2017, uh, so he's he's one of my favorite guys to watch hit just because like what he does is kind of like unorthodox. Tell, he's got tell, so uh, much juice. Trevor, I didn't, I didn't want to S your D today, but I will right now. Um, t- tell me a little bit about Chris Davis's approach because it's – it is it is a different one that you see come across baseball. I mean, he's he's clearly driven one way, and I'm sure there was coaches for years that tried to change it, and then they kind of let him go, and it, it's worked. Honestly, like I tried to pick his brain hitting, and it's he really just thinks about like his setup, like where his hands are, like he really really wants to be loose with his hands, and you can I guess you can kind of see that when he's setting up. And then he's just he's just trying to drive the ball. There's like no sense of urgency in his swing and his setup. It's really like a relaxed state. And he's just really, really strong. And he puts the barrel on the ball. 
Like that's kind of like what he does. So like I saw, I mean, I saw him like there'll be times where he goes into a rut and he'll stay in that rut. He's kind of like a streaky guy, but when he gets hot, mm. I mean, he, he's hit big home runs. He hits home runs in the first inning, he hits home runs late in the game. Like he just hits man. And he hits the ball very, very hard. One of those guys when oh, I love it, when he, look at that, look how relaxed he is. That's all he ever talks about is just wanting to be relaxed and being on time. And he, he could change the game, man. One swing. One. Look at that. Threat. It's pretty sweet. That's just using your body the correct way. That's what he does. You guys want to go any... full? Go ahead. You guys want to go full circle real quick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little unfair, and and Chris. Well, actually, no. Chris Davis career OPS plus. 119. What was Puig's? 122. I think that, I mean, what do we, what, what does that mean? I'm just saying, I mean, we couldn't get a job. Davis hit free agency. You'd hear a lot of teams that would be like, and he, he has in recent years, he had a couple big ins. But again, this is this kind of loops in the fielding <laughs> craziness that we did a second ago. Chris Davis hit 42 home runs in 2016. His OPS plus was 123 because I mean that that was all he did, you know. Hey, um, uh, Chris Davis's first season 2013. Puig's 2013. Whoa, guys! They both raked. Spooky. For both of them, before last year, their career started in 2013. Chris Davis, career OPS plus 126. Puy, career OPS plus during that same stretch, 127. I don't have a bigger point, but. <laughs> Thanks, David. I mean, that's, he's known yeah. for the 247 average, which he did one. This is two, both their three, stats, Trev. Four. Can you see this? I can. It's both of their stats. So Puig's better. Uh, the home runs, obviously, Davis has 216 versus Puig's 132. Puig with a lot more triples. Doubles are about Huge. the same. Puig with more hits. Where are the plate appearances? It's pretty similar. There's like 50 games difference, maybe? That's yeah. nuts. I didn't really... Their careers have lined up. Yeah, I mean, I never got to... I never really indulged in Puig's stats, but it was very surprising to me to see the kind of player he was yeah you were drinking the haterade i wasn't ever drinking uh, haterade no no wow. no, 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 no. Oh i don't drink haterade i don't drink haterade somebody i forget who i hate he's got hate. 79 steals chris davis has 18 <laughs> that should we, we let's save that for a rainy day we'll have a who do you hate episode i don't hate we'll anybody keep, i hate we'll I, keep I, it I, in baseball we'll keep it outside a bit I would have guessed Chris Davis was just as fast as Puig, but Puig runs way more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chris is not a stolen base guy. Puig's caught stealings aren't that impressive either. (laughs) I think there's... (laughs) Puig's got 38 caught stealings, 79. I think there's a little something to be said about, like, Puig probably being in better lineups throughout his career. Um, Ooh. So some of the counting stats, like you kind of have to take that into consideration. Although Chris is hit in the middle of the lineup and Puig probably hasn't. So they have to take that into consideration. So yeah, this is, it's pretty eye opening to see that they're similar players. And if you really go overall player, that Puig's, Puig's been statistically better. Yeah. I mean, Puig's hit in the middle of lineups, maybe not for the Dodgers. When he went to the Indians last year, they plugged him in at the cleanup spot right away. And he hit like, what do you hit? 300 with an 800 OPS to finish out the season. I think if you look at these stats right here, you know the difference. It's the strikeouts in the OBP. So that's what's bring that's what's bringing Chris's overall value down is he's not getting on base at a high clip, and uh, probably that's I believe that's that's below league average, and he strikes out a lot, which goes back to that how streaky he is. But um, look at he's the had big moments, and there's a guy like a guy that you don't if he's facing like a, the nastiest pitcher in the league, like you still have confidence in him. Like the guy doesn't trip when he's in a situation like that. And that's, that's, there's some value to that. Okay. So you're a big Puig fan now? Number? Was there a number on Puig's contract yet? No, right? No. You he wanna, paid a lot of money. You want to guess? One year, four mil. 
Sounds about right. Which is weird, but it's kind of like what's happening. Is that so? Is wait, that does that mean he's made it four mil for the prorated or two is that... mil for half? The... <laughs> I don't know. Like, how does that work with contracts? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I don't know anything anymore. Jake's dumb. DUM. Trev, you want to talk about RBIs and how they're kind of dumb? Guys, guys, mm, guys. You're not going to hear me say that. Guys, we're hitting all the hot buttons today. They're circumstantial and you have to be put in those situations. But circumstantial. <laughs> Yeah, can can I are. can I show you like I did a live stream on baseball reference and it was very interesting to me. Okay. Addison Russell, you like him? I don't like him. Okay. Well, okay. in 2016, he had 95 RBIs, which is great, right? But it's the true outlier of his season. He had a 238 batting average, a 321 OBP, a 738 OPS and a 94 OPS plus all poor numbers below average, but he hit fifth in the Cubs lineup. Mm-hmm. So hitting in front of him was uh, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, and oh, huge OBP guys, and and Zobrist and maybe Fowler. Every batter that hit in front of Addison Russell that year had a on-base percentage of 380 or higher. That's how you do it. So, circumstantial is the best way to put it. Like, I think that you cannot blindly look at RBI numbers at all. You have to dig deeper. Um, Well, a lot of people do. Like, the Triple Crown, Mickey Cabs won it because RBIs are counted as more valuable than runs, which I think is silly at this point. I would much well, more runs are circumstantial as well. I know, I know, they're both circumstantial, but for counting some reason, stats are, that's why counting stats are off. And like the people who don't understand that are just like they just haven't really looked into them. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is something to be said about a guy that consistently is able to do that. It, it, it's a different type of a bat, and it's a great at bat. Like you want to be in those situations, but to do it year after. After year after year after year, something. Yeah, People I don't mean, have to like believe me, but it's it, there's something to be said about that. You have to yeah. approach those guys differently. Yeah. Uh, all right. And the other news that we have here is that Trey Mancini will miss the entirety of the season. Uh, no matter what its length is, he has stage three colon cancer. He did post something on the Players' Tribune today that, you know, I am so lucky. I love baseball. I didn't re- get to read it because it dropped like as we were recording this. But terrible news. Uh, so we wish him well. I got nothing to say besides that sounds incredibly awful and scary. And love sucks. you, Trey, man. We're here, here for you. Yeah, Get better. Yep, I think that's about it. BBD in the corner. Did we miss anything? No, just about nailed it. I read the Trey Man see anything between JJR and this, and uh, it's a tearjerker. Okay. Well, my eyes are already killing me enough, so I'll probably could just... wash them out for you. Oh, that's huge. My favorite thing, Trev, is we post snippets of this show onto the main YouTube channel, and there are always comments like, who the fuck's that guy in the bottom right corner? Why is he there? He doesn't even say anything. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder that, too. Makes me laugh every time. But, all right, that's the end of this episode. This very well-rounded episode. We talked baseball, coming back. We talked Puig. We talked RBIs. Tried to figure out who Trev hates the most. Didn't get there yet. Jake's flexing his hat. I love baseball. We like that. All right. And we're going to be out. Any last words, Trev? I just ordered some John Boy merch, so I'll be also rocking it as soon as I receive it. Oh, awesome. Did you happen to order a John Boy Media mug? I did. Did you get a Jake Sox hat? I did. Did you get a John Boy Media shirt? I did. Is that for your daughter, your son? Nope. I didn't get anything for them. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. I was looking I got, at your order. Uh, I have your order up. Yeah, I don't think I got anything for them. I wasn't supposed to. Oh, oh, oh. You got a John Boy Media a breakdown shirt. It's in parentheses small. I thought you ordered a small, but it just means the logo on the shirt is small. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I got a sweatshirt. Mug. 
I love baseball shirts. I want to bring the mug on, you know? Like, I know. I just realized I didn't do in this morning show where I drink coffee every morning and I have a mug in my hand and I need like our mugs. So I got, I'm going to buy a whole batch of mugs, I think. Yeah. I have to have my Jake sucks hat. I mean, it's really cool if he just says it all the time right here. So people just know. Does anyways, big daddy. Ooh, I don't j- think you suck. I, I'm going to go out and just say that. Yeah. You, how quickly you forget the spring training trip. God, it seems like a fucking lifetime ago. It's another S and D reference, clip, Jake. That clip of Jerry Krause and Scottie Pippen dancing. I mean, that looked like me and Trev getting after it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to play the outro music. Seems like we're doing post-game talk anyway. Yeah. Uh, 